0: You're listening to What It's Like With Luce, a podcast highlighting ordinary people doing extraordinary things. I'm your host, Lucy Norris, and on this week's episode, I chat to the founder of health food restaurant, Poke. At just 25, she opened the doors of one of Ireland's very first health cafes and hasn't stopped since. Famous among locals and tourists alike for its picture-perfect menu and mouth-watering protein pancakes, the restaurant has branched out to two locations with one more coming soon. From the first shop in Bachelors Work, this week's guest chats to me about the power of social media marketing, making it through the quarter-life crisis, and the impact COVID-19 has had on operations moving forward. Here's what it's like to be Rachel Keane. Okay, so welcome Rachel. Thanks so much for coming on today.
1: Thank you, Lucy. Thanks for coming.
0: Um, I think we're going to start way, way back in the beginning. Um, and maybe if you could just share with us a little bit. What it was like growing up and kind of if you were always surrounded by that entrepreneurial mindset
1: um so i grew up in a lovely family um very happy healthy childhood and i wouldn't say it was entrepreneurial but there was definitely a strong focus on you know, creating a good life for yourself, and working hard, and doing long hours, and my dad is an absolute, I don't know what I'd say, well, he wasn't always really entrepreneurial, but he's really hardworking, and really focused, and um, kind of had his eye on the prize, in a sense, from a really young age.
0: Did you ever envisage yourself owning a business?
1: (laughs) (laughs) So funny you ask me that. So, when I was a teenager, um when like so i'm 31 now god and um, so i'm 31 now so when i was yeah about 16 years ago i half my lifetime ago oh my god anyway i would have so i i went to weight watchers <laughs> um and i was so i was a little topster like I'd, I'd gotten quite fat between the age of about 12 and 16 and um as as loads of people do you know loved, yeah. loved the grub still do anyway do that as well. <laughs> Anyway, yeah um and so I started dieting and I lost a lot of weight quite quickly you know and I was obsessed with um all these alternative recipes and diets and I wouldn't say diets like, it wasn't even like that it was like I just became mad into nutrition and like being a bit of a nutrition nerd and i always used to say like jesus like why is there no restaurant you can go to where you can get food like this that i used to make for myself and there was always loads of cooking going on in my house and all my cousins and aunties and uncles and, you know we're all kind of my extended family are really into food and cooking and stuff so anyway i'd be making all this at home and i was like god imagine if i was older and i could have a healthy restaurant i like, imagine that but it was really at that time it was really just like it was like the idea to me back then was like almost like imagine being president yeah, <laughs> like it seemed so far. like such you know yeah. a bizarre kind of thought or or possibility and yes yeah, it happened <laughs> but you yeah, know originally when we opened it was it was all kind of um the focus was on like real healthy healthy food but it's obviously changed and we've Adapted and grown a bit, and kind of diversified more over the years.
0: Mm-hmm. So when it came to the stage of, kind of I guess looking, once you finish school, you already have nurtured this love for nutrition and and healthy eating and stuff. And then I read that you you studied media in DIT, did you? Mm-hmm. So how come when you were choosing college things you maybe didn't go down the culinary route or the yeah the business route
1: even um so I basically had nutrition dietetics on my CAO so when I was when I was picking subjects you know for your leading search cycle so I don't even know when you picked them. now Was it fourth year you picked them for fifth and sixth yeah I didn't choose two science subjects so and the course i, I decided i wanted to, i had the nutrition and dietetics first on my cao and you needed two science subjects for it but i didn't really realize that until um until maybe i was in sixth year, late 50 or 60 or whatever anyway and i took up um chemistry on the side and to try and i took it up in the institute and did like a crash course and everything but like i really didn't put the work in and
0: That's um, a hard one to try and do on the side as well though because chemistry like, yeah, and I was in about awesome. six
1: months. I literally was like, Okay, let's 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 throw this in here and see how we can get on. But I kinda knew I kinda set myself up to fail. Like I sort of knew I wouldn't be able to get the points, and then it was kinda like, Oh, do I repeat and you know, just do chemistry again? But I didn't anyway, and I well I do I wouldn't have got the points anyway, if I did pass chemistry. I think it was five forty or something. And um so yeah I I chose media because I actually was just really apart from nutrition I knew I was mad into nutrition like that was something I was passionate about even at the age of 16 whatever um but apart from that there was nothing I really cared for massively like that I was really driven for I was just sort of a kid you know and I didn't think about Oh, I need to do this to then get a job, to then make money, to be able to pay my bills. You know, it was like, oh, cool, what do I do next? Like, you know, there's absolutely no regard for the future and responsibility, I suppose. But So anyway, I I decided to, to do media because I thought it looked really fun. I saw loads of people on Bebo at the time, actually. Oh, yeah, I remember yeah. Bebo. On <laughs> their flash boxes on Grafton Street doing box pops. Loads of guys and girls together having loads of fun. I was like, Shh great imagine college going around Grafton street just chatting to people so i literally chose it on that basis like so anyway i didn't enjoy the course i had an amazing time i studied in Angel Street tit and i did what was called media arts at the time but it's now i think called film and broadcasting really good course and like really um you know lots of different aspects of media that you learn but I just wasn't good at it, <laughs> so, like, I didn't, it wasn't even, like, I, I didn't have a grasp for it, you know, I didn't feel, um, you know, driven by it in any way, I sort of had to show up and do the stuff, and it was, it was interesting, like, like, it is really interesting, you know, making movies and, you know, shooting things and doing radio and, um, I really enjoyed the radio part. That's what I specialized in, but I never was obsessed with it. And I think you have to be obsessed with something. So I kind of left college feeling a bit like, like I didn't do very well. I was sort of like, I was a bit of like, um, all my college friends will, would laugh now listening to this, but I was like the the bold child kind of like, I never, I never did anything right. Or they all thought I was stupid, basically. They'd be like, oh, Rachel. I'd be asking questions about like, Rachel really like are you asking me that I'd be like eh you know so anyway I left and I was kind of like oh my god do I have to get a job in this field like who's going to employ me <laughs> and anyway I I kind of just went around a few jobs a we few like really kind of what did I even do I worked in aircon oh really yeah oh my god I hated that so much but anyway <laughs> then I went and studied um, so I did Irish with my degree and then I went and studied um in i did a, a post grad in irish in the gail Talks. um that's an interesting choice
0: i feel like that most people wouldn't
1: go and do so that. so i love irish i was like irish captain sixth year in school um i went to an irish school called rain and ringer in waterford uh for a year when i was 12 after primary school i don't okay. know if you know anyone who's done that um,
0: oh wait actually yeah you go probably, in like six class yeah yeah yeah, yeah six yeah,
1: yeah. or after six so i was really young for my year so i went after six before first year mm-hmm. um, so irish is like a huge i loved it even in primary school i just love the irish language and um so yeah someone contacted me about going down to ring living there i was so i was up to nothing really that i was like oh my god cool and i actually went down and i really i enjoyed that more than my undergrad i got into it more and i i felt i was stronger <laughs> the course material and um, i made some amazing friends and stuff so like i really did enjoy that and i don't regret it i don't regret my undergrad either but i sort of knew from the start of the undergrad that i was gonna leave and open this business because it's funny that the, the course director came in on the first day was like basically went around in the circle asking everyone if you had to get out of bed on a monday morning for free and there was no money involved what would you be doing And I remember just sitting there and being like, oh, God, it wouldn't be this. (laughs) I was like, oh, no, I have nine months of this, like, whatever, the course term year, you know, September to May. And I was like, shit, bad choice. But anyway, it was – and I just had this business in my mind because I'd already, like, been kind of thinking about it and stuff. And I remember when he said that, I was like, imagine getting up and, like, going to work and that being my work and, you know, actually creating – uh a living out of that and like, I was like God I'd actually so happily do it for free and and when he said that it was like yeah I need to go do that. But anyway I went, I did the course and I did well and I loved it and made amazing friends so uh, yeah. happy I did but I knew I knew at the very start that I was never gonna pursue anything after. Well at least
0: like how you were saying you were kind of a bit lost you didn't know what to do but at least people always say this to me anyway if I ever go through phases of that you are just yeah. like oh my god what am I doing my life? They're like, well at least you know what you don't want to do
1: yeah so then you
0: can go from there oh like
1: and I think for people as well like you know I called up the quarter life crisis and it's it's just it's such a common common thing and people beat themselves up about it so much and like I did massively like I left college and was like oh my god what am I gonna do And like, I did mention, you know, my family, like all my brothers and sisters, my cousins, like my friends, my peers are all, we're all like really just, I suppose, tuned in and hardworking and like, you know, moving towards success. And I just felt like I had nothing to give and like, it's so easy to feel like that. And I see so many people like that. And I always, am just like, everyone goes through this, do not panic. Like you really don't panic expect a few years of this and just keep trying things and keep like keep focused it's it's so easy at the beginning to think like oh god people might think i need you doing this or that or whatever like who cares what anyone else thinks just just do your best you know and that's what i did and it worked out pretty well so yeah i mean we're (laughs) literally
0: sitting in your restaurant right now um so you did your undergraduate then you went and did the irish course and then how did how did you end up here how did that happen
1: so i finished the course down in ring so it was in an uh, irish language production company called nematon so i did that finished that applied for loads of jobs was working for free slash i think i was actually having some money at the end but i was working in the hospital the ireland which is a magazine um in Dunleary. and my dad and I had been chatting about this like even before I did the post-grad it was like oh yeah you know um frozen yogurt it was all like the whole thing was frozen yogurt at the beginning but my dad was like I'm gonna open a frozen yogurt business I've seen them in London I've seen them in LA or well maybe that's it very exotic He probably heard about them in LA <laughs> <laughs> It certainly wasn't like flying around LA but um he was like you know this is like a total something that's gonna totally take over it's fat free young people want it's like ice cream blah 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 anyway and he's gone on about this i just sort of suck no heed at the time um but he kept going on about it and um eventually i started listening and i was kind of like look you know he was like will you do this with me and um I was like, I have to try and get a job in media. Like, you know, even though I knew I didn't want it, I was like, let's let's try and make it like a healthy food restaurant and we can serve frozen yogurt. And um, anyway, we basically I left there in October 2013 and we opened here in February 2014. So I worked kind of at setting it all up with him and there was two other investors as well. Um, and... Yeah, that's that's basically how it started.
0: That's a pretty quick turnaround. I said October two thousand and thirteen yeah. to February. Yeah. So like literally,
1: kind of six months. Yeah. October, November, December, January, February. Yeah, five yeah. months. Yeah, I know, to be honest, like it was so he got this location location, we're in Bachelor's Walker. He sorted this out. Um and we um we had these amazing designers, um keen keen brands, they're called they're actually my dad's cousin. It's they're based in London, they've offices all over the world, like and they came over and did this presentation of like our logo and our logo back when we first opened was like full of colors and love hearts and it was real like bubblegum colors um it's kind of it's matured a bit with us um but um yeah they came over we just kind of went full steam ahead like i i was living at home at the time i had no bills really or anything so i just worked on it on that alone mm-hmm. and yeah it was like i suppose getting the location is is the main thing all the recipes and like menu and ideas like that was like something that just gave me so much joy that I I nearly like had it done in a week like well yeah. not like a week like obviously there's there's more planning and than that but like I knew exactly what we want what I wanted to do when I was like right let's do this I was like like it was kind of around the same time of the birth of Instagram
0: yeah because I was thinking 2014 that's that's almost like pre the whole health cafe explosion and things so i think it's really interesting that you guys had that concept in mind and even how you came up with the the menu and things like that when it's not like now we're so used to seeing
1: it all the time on
0: instagram but at that time that would have been something very like
1: nuanced yeah it was unique we were unique in that sense that um there wasn't really i'm trying to think was there anywhere else i think we were one of the first places, um, yeah, that did like any, kind of like, that it was like really focused towards like healthy eating and different things. Like, I suppose I got so excited mm. about um, what I used to be seeing on Instagram. Like I remember years back then, like on my own Instagram, I'd be like, hashtag clean. And like all these, <laughs> you know, alternative recipes, like, you know, sweet potato brownies, and I, like, I just got, I was so excited by this whole revolution of, you know, replacing things with, like, you know, making it, making a brownie healthy to me back then was like, oh my god, and, like, anything at all that was like that, I was like, oh my god, get that on the menu, get that on the menu, and, like, I was so into that before anyone else really even knew about it, like, so I was there ordering spirulina and chia seeds, and Like now they're, you know, all this type, all those type of things are like so mainstream you find in all the supermarkets, but like almond milk, I'd say we were probably the first place in Ireland to have almond milk, lattes or whatever. Like people were probably like, what the hell is that? But yeah, I think we were ahead of the curve. And I think the reason for that was because it was just my passion. Like I was obsessed. And it actually took a while for people to catch on. Like I put all these things on the menu and people were like, come i just get a sandwich. you know, yeah, yeah.
0: Because I think sometimes, like when you see health cafes opening, even now, I think Dublin's getting better at being like a clean eating city. But I think there's still a big portion of people in Dublin that haven't quite bought into it yet. Mm. I don't know. I think it's better now, but yeah. I think I just when I saw the date that you guys opened two thousand fourteen, I think it's so amazing that you made it work so well from that time because mm. it was kind of even pre the veganism explosion and things like
1: that yeah well it was i mean i opened thinking that people like of course everybody else is going to want all these things the same way i like duh spirulina juices like you know like let's (laughs) let's make a juice out of uh you know celery cucumber and spirulina and everyone's going to lose their minds no they didn't lose their minds like i mean there was an element of okay this is too unique this is too niche um Get the ham and cheese sandwiches out like you know but we didn't um for a long time um and we found our following like we we found i mean we struggled at the start in the sense that the design wasn't right um i lacked experience as well and i had to really learn and just get just literally like consume as much knowledge about everything about running a business like all the processes and everything and like I did that and what what I'm saying is like that the first year was hard it wasn't just like oh you know look, you know look at this overnight success what definitely wasn't that mm-hmm. there was a lot of work a lot of grit like there's a lot of hard hard weeks and days and and all that at the beginning but it was like when I started working on this project it was like something struck no that's not the word it's like a spark ignited in me and i just knew i didn't really know how i was going to get there but it was like the first time in my life i felt that this was going to be something special it's going to be amazing and i didn't really have the knowledge or tools to get there fast but i I knew it was going to happen and i really believed it would happen Um, and i think that's really stood to me so yeah, yeah, I didn't have all the answers at the beginning
0: of course. I think that's kind of a core element in everything though. Like once you believe in it and once you back yourself 100%,
1: you're going to make it, it happen.
0: Yeah, you're going to make it happen no matter what. So I was also interested when I saw that you were only 25 when you yeah. founded the business. What was it like for you as such a young founder? Like did you find it difficult or did you feel like it helped you in any way being so young? Um
1: it was difficult it's definitely difficult um like I think yeah probably people didn't really take it that seriously (laughs) maybe understandably because I'm an absolute messer as well um (laughs) the I like I mean it was difficult but like it it also it, it taught me a lot like I've been in business six years and working on this business seven years maybe and I'm I'm a totally different person now Um, I would say then if I'd never opened it, like it's literally forced me to be the person I am in so many ways. Like it's taught me that if you want something bad enough, you literally can have it. You can have anything you want if you work hard enough for it. Um, and it's taught me a lot about, you know, what I need to do day to day, how, how I need to think, what I need to feed my mind. Um it's taught me how powerful I am as well, in a sense. And I, and I think that anything is possible. Once you put your mind to it and you believe in yourself and you have a good team around you. Um, and like, I think if I had started the business now instead of when I was 25, I'd be the exact same. It was like, I have to go through the, the learning curves, and like i learned on the job i learned from everyone that ever worked for me i learned from reading books watching youtube videos like i i'm obsessed with you know self-development and all that so yeah i suppose i just 25 35 i think i feel like it would have been the same no matter what i would have had more experience maybe in the industry which would have stood to me but i mean i just sort of got on with it
0: so i think sometimes in some cases ignorance
1: is bliss in uh, a way where you don't feel the fear that oh the same gosh. way you it's like, like me saying that <laughs> like I, I feel like if I knew then what I know now yeah like I was just ignorance was absolute bliss like risk you know and oh my god like I just was like oh let's go do this you know absolutely no fear it was almost better that I was 25 in ways because you know I had at the time I was living at home, I had not major financial, um, I say no major, I had none basically, <laughs> yeah. uh, like responsibility or anything um, and yeah, I was young, I was energetic and I was just like, let's literally dig in here and, and do it and yeah, mm-hmm. so it was great.
0: And I think it would be interesting to talk a little bit about social media and the role that played in the growth of the business maybe Mm -hmm. because I think there's one thing about having you know your loyal customers that are local and they they'd come in no matter what but then how do you think social media helped you guys in expanding to say because I know loads of international people will come specifically you know to the area to get pancakes from Pogue or that kind of thing.
1: Um, so, like the, the role of social media was always something in my mind that was going to be a big part of Poke. Um, before I opened the business, I used to be like seeing all these, like, it was like I suppose the birth of the Fit Fam and clean eating and all this talk of healthy eating. Healthy eating became cool through social media essentially around 2013, 14, maybe a bit earlier, but that's when I started. Well, probably even earlier. And I used to just consume as much of this stuff on like Instagram, Facebook, Instagram, not so much actually, to be honest, at the very start, but I was obsessed with with this whole movement. And, um, I knew that it was actually, sorry, Twitter, Twitter when we first opened, we used to be doing loads of tweeting and people would be tweeting and retweeting us and all that. Um, and, that was a big thing for me from the start like okay I push this on social media so much and like I had an advantage in the sense that I was like a social media native or whatever as you would say like a lot of people that owned other businesses around and would have been our competition would have been you know probably at least 10 years older than me and didn't really understand the world of social media as well as I did so that was to my advantage definitely Um, and it was something I did day to day like you know social media for you you know, you're nearly 10 years younger than me, social media for you is, like, literally such a huge part of life. I know that for people younger. Yeah. Now, like, you know, so... So for me at the time it was, probably not as much for young people now. Probably not as much then as it is for young people now. But um, it was easy for me. Something I did normally, naturally, it was just, you know, social media, whatever. You'd go on Twitter, go on Facebook. So... I didn't have to, you know, come up with a strategy or, you know, put too much thought into it. I just sort of did it day to day, and that really stood to me. Um,
0: Did you find yourself... Because I know we were talking earlier about how sometimes everyone's striving so much to blow up on social media and, say, Instagram, especially now, that they might compromise on the actual quality of the food just to make it look pretty so you take a picture of it. But did you ever find that you were as you were getting bigger on social media like consuming all of these different images Mm. of food that you were then gearing your menu towards being photogenic
1: oh that's a hard question um i think that that's like kind of our usp i suppose it's become that um no the answer is no but a lot of the stuff that i you know i have millions of cafes i follow on instagram like whenever i go on holidays it's basically driven by wanting to go to certain restaurants and cafes abroad um, I and mean, eventually the same as all my friends get oh, so annoyed at me <laughs> yeah, but everybody everybody is like that nowadays like i feel like i really have to as well like you know i say i always say like, you know, my fingers are up here saying research you know all my trips away that i go on it's, it's research i'm working hard here but um so a lot of the stuff And ideas I would see on other like say Australian cafes or blogs or when I travel, they would be very just I suppose by default they would be very photogenic. But there's stuff on our like I don't think sandwiches are very photogenic and I recently put down on the menu, well I say recently, probably about a year and a half ago. But no, I mean I mean yes and no is the answer to that question. Um I know like when we first opened we didn't even have an Instagram page. I was it was very three or four months in I was like oh maybe I'll start an Instagram like it was literally unheard of for a business to have an Instagram page like, why would a business have an Instagram page um, little did they know <laughs> oh my god and I yeah so I, I created an Instagram page and I was kind of just like oh I don't know if anybody would see this like Instagram back then was like nothing like it was no one like lots of people didn't even have it it was really just Twitter and Facebook and anyway, that sort of coincided with me launching protein pancakes. They weren't on the menu from the beginning. Um, but a few months in it was kind of like, okay, we need to add a few more products. We did like the chopped salads, frozen yogurt, juices, and smoothies, kind of that was it. It's like need more breakfasty stuff. And I had seen these like protein pancakes and all these bodybuilders' websites and stuff. And I was like, let's skip these a bash. And <laughs> I gave them a bash and <laughs> I've made millions of portions since. Um, yeah, like they just took off. It was, it was almost instant with with the the protein pancakes. and like, they're so, so visual and so tasty.
0: They are so good. I can testify for that because like, I always have
1: them. <laughs> people you, you have, when you create products, I always say to people like they're, they're obviously the pancakes are a star product. Um, and like, they they have so much going for them in the sense that they they literally if you choose bad toppings they're bad for you but if you don't they're not they're made of oats eggs banana whey protein and milk so like i mean it's not they're not that bad um they're so delicious and they're so kind of interactive and you know people love ticking off all their toppings and like it's a real thing for like people to go on a date let's go and get pancakes and poke it's just like a bit of something to them you know what i mean and we have like raving fan customers i copied that from tony robbins he always <laughs> talks about raving fan customers you need raving fan customers but it, when it comes to the pancakes we do have that they're like a cold product people are addicted to them you know and um, they've just i think instagram launching the pancakes together sort of just made our, our Instagram take off. And I said to myself when I started the Instagram, I was like, okay, I'm going to work on that every day, like every single day for a year. And whether it's for five minutes, whether it's for an hour. And I did that. And I think, you know, our following within a year was just snowballs. And it was just me doing what I know what to do, what I love doing, taking cool images and promoting them and just doing social media the way any young person would. And it literally was just, Day by day a little bit of work chipping away chipping away chipping away and it's led to an amazing page now that you know we we actually just today launched um a shop a shopping side of on our instagram where we can we'll be selling lifestyle products and lots of different cool bits and bobs um so like it's just i suppose growing a following if if you just work on it a little bit or a lot, some days, some days not a lot, you know, just tip away, tip away, tip away. And over the over time, it just, I think it naturally just happens. Mm-hmm. If your product is good or your, if it's a blog or whatever, like your content is good.
0: And so you got your, all your social media is up and running. You'd added things to the menu. And I'd say this place in Bachelor's Walk was doing well for itself. Knows it, it was a proper business now. So... What made you decide to then open another location on Tara Street, or was there a moment when you knew that you wanted to expand?
1: So, the Instagram page, like, you talked about people, like, internationally coming and stuff. It was, like, at the beginning, it was, like, sales weren't amazing, and... Like, we didn't have that much of a presence on the road. Like, we can't, this is a listed building. Michael Collins' offices were actually above us back in the day. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Um, So we can't put a sign out the front. And I suppose I was a bit naive. I was like, oh, I can't put a sign out. But, like, there was lots of creative things I could have done. But anyway, we didn't. So the sales weren't unbelievable at the very start. But the, the activity on social media and, like, the reviews and people, like, so many people putting up. Um, pictures and, like, talking about us, tagging us and reposting things. And it was, like, a bit of a, like, I suppose the, the three investors at the start, I used to be there going to meetings with them. I'm like, no, 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 they'd be like, the sales are awful. I'd be like, yeah, but the Instagram. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, know, I was like, there is something here. Like, and um, you know, to a, to, a, to a person who just is in this for business, for financial reasons it was like okay you know this i don't know how well this is going but to me i was like no honestly it's going amazing um and i could see what was happening i could see the interest i could see people were traveling as you said like even from the start people would be messaging us like oh i live in australia i'm planning a trip to dublin you're going to be the first place we go to i can't wait Blah, blah 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 and that was very evident from the start so very early on i was like i wanted to open in a way that it would be you know many stores from the very start but finding locations and running the business managing the business all at the same time you know trying to work in the business and on the business and just i just didn't It was always a problem i've gone to see i'd say 10 different locations over the years probably more um and i've only opened one well soon to be another Mm -hmm. as well um but there's always an issue or a problem or something came up and not even financially just like you know whatever it may have been and it got to a point where it was january 2017 so it was like three years in and there'd been so many times where I was like, I'm going to sign a lease on this place. We're going to open this place. Blah, blah, blah. And something would stop me. Or there'd be an excuse or and some problem, some issue. And I literally, one January, it was like, okay, setting your goals for the year or whatever. And I was like, I'm, I'm not listening to my own excuses anymore. And I was like, you know, just stop with these excuses. And like, probably in my head, they were legitimate things. And, but anyway, so that year I, I bought the investors out so it's just it was just me and I said to myself okay I'm opening another one but I had absolutely no money to do it because I bought that out and I was like okay I told myself no excuses <laughs> so I just borrowed all the money and just said okay there's going to be so many problems you're going to face everything has problems there's always issues excuses whatever it is things crop up and you just have to climb over the hurdles and I just literally was so strict with myself i was like there will be problems deal with them go and do this you know what i mean mm-hmm. and a lot of people were like oh you know you have your shop there it's still great like you know do you really want all that added extra work and was so many naysayers like really so so many people that are really close to me and stuff and i just was like no i have to i really have to it was something i wanted to do for so long i was talking about and I felt almost pressure like I'd been talking about it so much and just not doing it I was like oh my god people think I'm so you know that I actually can't ex- execute this at all and yeah so I just just knocked it on my head and was like, go and do it and I did and it's the best decision I ever made open tire street um, it's an amazing place it's beautiful design it's great atmosphere great food great staff great team just it's, the, it's been the makings of us
0: Mm -hmm. I think as well like I don't know whether you knew it or not at the time but you kind of already curated a brand that it didn't really matter where you put it people would still google where is the new poke you know and and travel to get to it
1: yeah or destination cafe that's what I always say yeah Yeah.
0: it's so true though
1: yeah like I mean I think poke would do well anywhere (laughs) I'm biased though I'm like uh, no, I mean location, location, location Like location is is fantastic like here we are in Bachelors Walk I think this is the best location in Ireland um, Tara Street is a bigger shop and it's a little bit more off the beaten track, it's still the city centre um, but like you are right, yeah, people would now, people would travel to us and they will in hope and wherever else I may open in the future and it is quite niche, people are like there because of this and that but you can't beat people walking by your front door as well so Mm -hmm. I think you have to have a little bit of a mix of both like you can't really open in the you know in the in the sticks nowhere no one around
0: yeah so the new location in Hoth looks I don't really know Hoth that well but it looks like it's kind of on the seafront a little bit
1: so yeah it's on harbour road i think is the name of the road i grew up in Hove, spent a lot of time on that road i don't even know the name of it <laughs> Um, it's opposite the playground just as you come into Hove village it's an amazing location yeah and in the summertime it's um like just an unbelievable trade out there Um, obviously i i grew up there and i used to i have, i used to have dinner there in that restaurant itself it was different restaurants over the years and i've eaten there so many times as a child with my family so it's, it's crazy to think that it's going to be my restaurant in a few months in a few weeks hopefully if this coronavirus yeah uh, lifts or you know solves itself
0: it must feel pretty unreal though for yourself to be able to set up your own business in right in your hometown like that must feel pretty cool it's yeah
1: it is it's it was very kind of what would i say emotional that's not the right word. Nostalgic, maybe. Um so many people over the years, like family, friends, just people I know from around Hoth would have been always like, Are you not gonna open in Hoth? Blah blah blah. And I think Houth as well. It's such a beautiful part kind of the country or the world. It's like my mom was always like, Why would you go anywhere? Hope is the most beautiful place in the world. I mean everyone from <laughs> Hoth thinks that like but um the restaurant scene out there, like there is lovely places, but I think just a bit of an injection of something new is is really needed at the moment there's some new places that have already opened um one a few doors up called Mamo, which is amazing and um i think the people i hope they're just delighted to see some new kind of fresh fun and offerings coming in so yeah i think it's gonna be a great spot for us Mm
0: -hmm. and then just going back to you as a founder as well um obviously You spoke a little bit about difficulties and challenges over the years, but what was the biggest
1: challenge, do you think, for you that stuck out? Coronavirus. (laughs) Coronavirus. Okay, no, let's... Coronavirus aside, I can talk about that in a minute. The biggest challenge. So probably the biggest challenge I faced was getting second location and making that decision and committing to that debt that I committed to at the time. I spent an absolute fortune on that shop and it's a beautiful fit and I'm really delighted that I did but it was a big I took on a lot of debt and it was also just the unknown I had my dad here uh when I opened this first place and it was very much like a team effort and if things went wrong I kind of knew he was there he was old and wise and he knew how to pick the pieces up but I actually didn't even tell my dad that I was opening Tower Street until about three weeks before I opened because he was kind of saying to me, oh, I don't know if that's the right decision, blah, 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 and I knew he'd talk me out of it if I, if I told him, and, like, I work so closely with him now still, he still he still works here, helps me an awful lot with, with everything, but, um, so, like, me not telling him that was, like, he knew, kind of, I was plotting it and planning it, but, like, I never was, like, I signed the lease, I'm doing it, you know, mm. so yeah, that whole process of just getting a location and committing to that and, um, yeah, committing, committing to it, admitting to myself, I was doing it. Um, and then doing it like it was, so I was managing here. I didn't have any real proper general manager. So I was managing this place. I was managing the fit out of of there setting up new menus, dealing with the kitchen, all the licenses, like it, the amount of work that goes into opening or opening a restaurant or any business is, is insane. But I did essentially all of it. And I learned a lot from it in the sense that now for hope, like I'm doing a lot less and I've, I know who to get involved to do this and to do that. And I have, you know, a project manager out there at the moment, like doing the whole fit out and he just needs my decision on different things you know what so it nearly killed me like it was one of the most stressful things i've ever done opening that shop but but definitely the most rewarding um and it turned out to be such a success that it just made all that hardship so much sweeter i say hardship like it was a challenge and it was a struggle and i really i dug in and work, worked very very hard, like a lot of hours, you know, even if someone was sick here I'd have to cover and then I'd be, you know, trying to answer the phone in the background, there'd be like a builder there or something would be happening. And I was like so much multitasking, just like everything I'd be going home at night to answer emails about, you know, hey, what to you know, are you open Sundays? Like literally I was doing everything. So um that was big, big challenge, but a really welcome one and I learned so much that It was an amazing challenge in the end.
0: Mm -hmm. And I guess it's that thing of, like, once you do something once, then it will never be as hard again because you've got through the worst of it.
1: Yeah. And, I mean, that shop was a printing shop before we took it on. And so I needed to, like, rip it out and start again. Whereas in Hope, it was a restaurant. So there is a kitchen there now. We're throwing the whole kitchen out. It's, like, from the 70s. Um, (laughs) So it's, like, all of it's gone. But, like, at least it's wired for a kitchen.
0: And then... Obviously, you mentioned the coronavirus going on at the moment. Um,
1: I think oh. like
0: tying into <laughs> future. Plans I think it's important.
1: It's important you talk about the coronavirus. Cause yeah, it's 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 basically taking over everybody's life at the moment. It's it's a different life
0: mm-hmm. overnight.
1: Everything's just changed so much.
0: In relation to future plans and ha- like thinking about future yeah. growth of your business and things, have you had to sit down and
1: and oh gotcha. rejig?
0: everything or do you have a strategy well i mean it's
1: hard to have a strategy when you don't know what's happening Mm. so like it was kind of just like overnight you have to close down no more income lay off old stuff you know um like it's 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 literally the most surreal thing that's ever ever happened um so in terms of strategy it's just get the cost down try and get redu- redu- reduction in our rent for these two premises like I can't even tell you the amount of money I've spent in the last two months on on health and um, so like our cash flows is down significantly which I wasn't worried about because we have an amazing two amazing shops that you know generate a lot of income which would feed the, um, the health shop however that income is gone now and I've just spent all this money on health as well, so it is a worrying time. However, I, as I mentioned before, I, you know, there's hurdles, there's problems, there's things you need to get over, and it's 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 funny. The last few days, like when the whole thing happened, and it was like, okay, am I actually going to be closing these businesses? I was like really emotional, and I'm I'm a bit of a hard ass, like <laughs> in a way, like I I'm not like an emotional person, or I wouldn't be like crying easily and getting really upset about things at all. a bit like a man in in a lot of ways
0: (laughs) doing business
1: that's not a bad thing yeah I suppose yeah but um but when I was like okay we're closing essentially I'm laying off like 20 something 28 in or in I don't know exactly people I was just like hit with this like avalanche of emotion and different feelings of just confusion like I can't even explain how I felt it was like nothing I felt before um like a feeling of um letting all the staff down but then also feeling that if i stay open i'm letting my my country down my community down that you know i don't want this to spread and we have to collectively work together just oh it was it was just bizarre like after working seven years every single day working towards and on this collective goal i suppose with all the team and everyone around me and just this amazing atmosphere um it hit me like a ton of bricks now it hit me like a ton of bricks for about two days and I was just I actually don't think I cried but I was probably close to it a few times where I was just like is this happening is this actually happening and I know it wasn't even in the sense that like oh oh, money's going to be gone or we're going to have to close it was more just like I know it's going to be okay but it's like it's just surreal and really confusing and daunting um
0: but, it's a bit of fear of the unknown
1: as well. And like, I think. Yeah. Yeah, fear of the unknown. And um, I think it was just, it, it all happened so suddenly. And it just was like, okay, yeah, this is happening. Close the country, you know. No income, but still pay your rent and your bills and, you know, holiday pay and all this. um But then I woke up this morning and I just kind of gave myself a little pep talk and was like, Rachel you've dealt with an awful lot of problems in the past and things are actually going so well in the sense that two shops were doing better than I ever could have wanted them to be but maybe not that but doing doing really really well you know i signed a lease on this shop and hold everything was so exciting for that i plans to employ um you know a head of operations like a man operations manager Mm -hmm. and loads of really exciting things i just launched a shop today we were planning on working on that a bit more and having a bit more product but we had to do it sooner and um, that it was almost it's almost like and I think this would actually go for the world economy as well like things were going so well for me it's kind of good to be taken down a notch or two to make me work harder and to not get complacent and stay hungry like it's easy to be like oh you know this business is flying blah 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 you know just be writing checks as my dad always says right I don't even have a checkbook I mean like you know transfer money to people constantly with no fear that the income will ever stop but it has stopped you know and it's forced me to say okay what are we going to do like so we've set up the shop we're going to get really creative with um delivery options and you know we'll continue to brainstorm and I literally sent a message into our manager's whatsapp group this morning was like guys we're not going down without a fight here like what are we going to do and let's all put our heads together and figure this out like if anything for them like I, I want them work and I don't want like I want them here working and making money and being able to pay the rent so yeah like I, I suppose I've had um a 360 in a sense it's awful it's it's there's devastating losses financially emotionally um in so many ways it's just but I mean it's life and we just have to Face it and deal with it the best way we can. And I'm glad I had that realization today. It's incredible when you just tell yourself or you, you know, psych yourself up or feed your mind some good things, the, you know, the good things that can come out of that the momentum that you can take on just being positive. And, you know, I'm the leader of this business. I need to infiltrate that down to all the, the team and the employees and the more I do that, the more they'll get together and the more we'll all pull through, you know, so that's my responsibility now. When we get back, when we're allowed to fully trade properly again, we're going to be bigger and better and older and stronger than ever. Yeah. No doubt. People are going to be dying to go out and spend money as well. That's the thing, I you think. Not think even they're... spend money, just like, they're
0: just going to be like, oh my
1: God, let's go, just, let's just go out, like, you know? Yeah. It's sure. wild, imagine the session, everyone just keeps me like, imagine the session we're going to have. <laughs>
0: oh fingers crossed yeah like, sooner yeah. rather than later because yeah. this is just yeah, yeah as you said completely surreal and a bit of a nightmare for
1: everyone i think for everyone like never mind like the, the loss of life and people being sick and like i i talk about business you know like really business is the least of anyone's worries because you can't do anything unless you're healthy and alive you know so yeah that's that's the main focus right now
0: then i think just to wrap everything up um i want to talk to you a little bit about the word success and what it means to you
1: um god that's a hard question so obviously when people think of success they just think of well a lot of people think of financials but it's really not about that i think that's just like a bonus to being successful I think success to me is just being happy every day and feeling fulfilled and feeling like I'm, I'm progressing and getting better or, you know, learning something new or um, creating something or yeah, just, just, just being a- actively engaged in bettering myself and the business. Well, that's what I'm working on right now, but in terms of the future working on myself and knowing, knowing that I'm, i'm going towards something good and not just like staying in the same place or feeling lost Um i think that that's that's what i would measure being, being happy being happy every day Like i literally before this coronavirus hit i would be driving home the fire going like how did i get this lucky you know like i'm just i love what i do and everyone all my staff and everyone the customers it's just such a lovely kind of um business and yeah just being happy really being grateful for those small things leads to so much happiness and positivity that it, it it makes your momentum much better and you work better and you're more productive and like gratitude is a massive thing so being grateful day to day even when i have a problem if like there's problems every single day here every day like oh my god i could talk for five hours about all the problems that always crop up but like i'm lucky to have those problems you know and i think if you think about it like that and you have that mindset then nothing's ever too big of a problem you know and you just always get through it and Mm it's the best way to be
0: yeah very true (laughs)
1: um
0: and then my last question for you and then i'll let you go um if you were sitting in front of your 10 year old self from where you're sitting now today what is the biggest piece of advice
1: you'd give yourself? Um, I would say never underestimate yourself. Like you can literally do anything you want. If you put your mind to it, how did little Gates get to where he is? Um, I would say as well, like don't listen to other people that much. Um, you know listen to yourself listen to what's inside you what's in your head and your heart and other people's opinions have absolutely nothing to do with you in your life and just do what feels right and i think if you follow those things you'll never really go very far wrong mm-hmm.
0: thank you so so much i really appreciate your time it's great thank chatting you for to coming you. I'm, I'm flattered Thank you so much for listening. And as always, rate, share and leave a comment if you like what you hear. Any interaction would really help me so much as it means I can continue collaborating with incredible guests and creating episodes that hopefully stimulate and motivate you. I'll be back next week sharing more inspiring stories. But for now, this has been What It's Like with Luz.